According to the Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development, three quarters of employers in the UK now offer hybrid working. But what are the risks? Hello everyone and welcome to the Risk Acumen podcast, which offers thoughtful insight around risk management. So more and more employers have been shifting to a hybrid working model recently. However, such a change is not without its risks. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Paula Ecton, partner at award-winning law firm Steel Raymond, to discuss not only some of the legal aspects, but the broader business risks linked with offering a mix of workplace and home-based working. Hi, Paula. How are you? Hi there. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good, good, good. Thank you. Um, And before we get on to talking about hybrid working, Paula, tell me a little bit about you, your background and your firm Steel Raymond, of course. Okay, no problem. Well, I am a solicitor and a partner, as you say, in Steel Raymond, and we are based on the sunny and currently very hot uh, south coast, and I head up the commercial team there. So, my team specialises in helping clients to protect their business interests by helping them to manage a wide range of risks. So, for me, I sort of, on a day-to-day basis, this ranges from uh, implementing and negotiating their contractual arrangements for the support supply of their products and their services. So that might be their distribution arrangements, their terms of business, SLAs, for example, e-commerce, to regulatory work such as data protection. So uh, I've been doing it for, well, over 20 years actually now. I was adding that up earlier. And uh, over that time, I've I've probably come to, to learn actually that what clients really are after when it comes to legal services such as such as ours is that in addition to the kind of legal advice what they really want is the commercial and the pragmatic advice that goes with it so i tend to find i get to know my clients i know their personnel their kind of appetite for risk i know their business and then i endeavor to uh, kind of act more as a trusted advisor to them rather than just give them the straight Legal, you know, the straight legal kind of answers, really. Yeah. So you, you, so you really enjoy that side of it. You enjoy basically helping these these businesses. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's great to get. You need to know the, the business and the people, really. You know, uh, in order to enable to to give that really sort of that extra advice, really. Yeah. You know, any, any I say anybody, you can of course give this the strict legal answer, but my, my clients want. They say that's great, Paula. But what what do you think? And and that's what I endeavour to do. Brilliant. Excellent. Okay, so on to the main topic. And uh, just in case anyone isn't familiar with hybrid work in Paula, what, what exactly is it? And, and why has there been such a rapid move towards this model among businesses recently? Yeah, so hybrid working. So it's a flexible model, so a flexible form of working where essentially employees work partly in the office or the physical workspace that that they were otherwise in and then partly remotely. So that might be at home or it might be some other sort of public space. And pre-COVID, there was a bit of a growing trend towards working in a more flexible way. But even then, only I think about 30% 30 of the population had still never actually worked from home. And of course, when COVID came along, employers were then forced uh, into a work from home model, or at least those businesses that obviously were physically able to do that. 
And now we're coming out of the kind of COVID um, sort of environment. Employers are now grappling with, okay, how do we structure our working environment going forward? Do we go back to what we had before or, or, or what do we do? And, and many employers, certainly a number of my clients have reported experiencing quite a lot of resistance from employees <laughs> who don't want to go to back to the office full stop, <laughs> yeah. not even on a kind of hybrid basis. Um, but also you've got the government task force and that, and they're recommending that flexible working should be the default position for all workers post pandemic. So, um, so that's why it's kind of gaining at the moment. People are now we know we're out of it. It's like, right, what, what do we do now? Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's important that even though we're going to talk about risks here, it's, it, we need to be clear from the outset that neither of us are against <laughs> hybrid work. And not, always, at work all, work. not at yeah. all. Not at all. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm hybrid working currently as we speak. Yeah. So, I mean, it's probably important we'll cover some of the, the benefits as well before we yeah. move on to the, the mm. potential risks. drawbacks. And, and, yeah. And, it, yeah, and as, as you said, we, we all discovered uh, a different way of working through the pandemic. And, and, and a lot of us, not just them, employees, but employers quite liked it as well, yeah? Absolutely. I mean, and it's been quite widely reported, I think, that, uh, you know, the sort of increased productivity that has arisen as a result. And I think actually many employers... I'm, I think we're quite. Re- they wouldn't have chosen, of course, to to do this, and were probably before a little bit resistant to people working from home for for various reasons. But actually, what they've discovered is that you know it has increased productivity. You have sort of less distractions from being in an office, and we all know what it's like. People come and talk to you, and you make a cup of coffee, and you know you have a chat about the weather and how <laughs> how hot it is, like currently. And so that's that that's not there. So and I've experienced myself you know I've, I've got up and thought okay I don't need to get physically go to the office I don't need to travel to the office the travel time that associated with that and the cost and expense I can actually just sit here and crack on and get some work done which is great and I think a lot of people have have been really pleasantly surprised with how they've actually really in, enjoyed that and some broader environmental benefits as well from that of course as you say with the the, the less travel and so on completely yeah absolutely absolutely and I think um from the employee's perspective, generally happy. I certainly, that's the experience that I've had and a lot of clients have, have said this to me that, you know, that their employees are really relishing the fact that they do have more flexibility. So instead of spending all this time traveling, they they still get their work done, but they can now fit their lives around their family. They, you know, they can take their dogs for a walk at lunchtime, all this kind of thing, which before just wasn't wasn't possible. And that's led to increased job satisfaction and in turn improved well-being. And then reductions in staff turnover because people are generally happier as a result. Now, of course, there are some legal aspects around all of this. And I guess a a key question that will arise quite often is whether or not an employer is now in any way obliged to offer hybrid working. So, no, you're not obliged to offer hybrid working. Um, but, um, I knew there was a but. There's always a but. There's a legal thing. There's always a but. So, no. So, generally, employees, they don't have a legal right to work from home. But you have to, if you're an employer, consider requests if they are being made under the flexible working legislation. So, there's some 
criteria for that. But in short, that's when people ask, you know, can I, can I do my five days in four or can I change my days around? Can I change my hours? So people who qualify in order to ask for flexible working, uh, then if they are saying, please, can I work from home? You do have a duty as an employer to consider that request. Similarly, if there's a discrimination claim that's possible, uh, you, you have to sort of justify any refusal. So uh, let's say you have an employee who has a disability, which may make traveling to the workplace difficult, then you are under an obligation to consider their request and you'd need to obviously be able to justify a, a refusal should you, you know, should, should you not want to do that. Yeah. Have the, have the goalposts kind of shifted as well as a consequence of this becoming, you know, a, a trend and becoming far more commonplace that those requests would have to be considered more so than they were previously? I, th- I think that's probably right. I mean, at the moment, my experience is there hasn't been that much that's actually sort of coming through in terms of the kind of case law. We're just a little bit too yeah. behind at the moment. And I think at the moment, people are just feeling their way. And I think most businesses are kind of like, okay, let's just let's just gauge the appetite. Let's just see. Some people are starting to come back in. Some people aren't. So I think that will kind of remain to be seen. But I, I, I think as an employer, uh, if you can see the the benefits of it, then it's probably likely that you're not going to have lots and lots of requests that you're necessarily having to really think about and refuse or not, depending on what it is. You know, you might be looking to actually change your model entirely anyway to, to now suit your business because many businesses, of course, have changed in the way that they work um, over the last couple of years, changed the way they provide their services to a more online model, et cetera, you know, in order to have survived COVID anyway. So it might be that some employers wouldn't in any event want everybody to come back to what it was before. So another key question and kind of the reverse of of, of Mm. what we mentioned before, can, (laughs) can an employee be made to work from home? Made to yeah. work from home, right. Well, if um, if there was a clear requirement at the outset of their employment, then yes, because that was already sort of part and parcel of their, their terms of employment when they joined, that's not a problem. But if an employer wants to later impose it and say, right, we do want you to work from home, that will be a variation to their employment contract. So you would need their consent in order to do that. Obviously, if you don't have their consent, then you're at risk of breach of contract. You could potentially um, look to kind of dismiss and re-engage people on new terms, but that's quite a high-risk strategy. Like I would always say, take take impl- specific employment advice if you're going to do that, because you know you're very likely to have some kind of unfair dismissal claim if you if you do that. But th- there may be genuine business reasons why, as I say, you might have to totally change the way your business operates, and it, you may not have an office anymore. So there's quite a lot. You know, there's a lot of considerations there. I think what you would always do, as I have to support we say that as a lawyer, don't I, is that you would definitely want to check everything first before you, uh, as part of deciding how it is that you're, uh, or what it is that you're intending to, uh, that you're intending yeah. to That's do. It sounds like the whole employment contract thing must have been complicated in, in many ways by all this, because presumably you, you've, you, you've got the potential for new starters being taken on on, on a hybrid working contract, yeah. whereas you've all, you've then got your existing employees who are on different terms. How, 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 how is all of that? kind of working. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're quite right. It's um, I mean, it, it's tricky. There's no two way about it. Um, so if you're looking to implement a hybrid working, obviously you've got your, as you say, you've got your existing employees. You need to check all of their, firstly, all of their contracts, um, you know, get appropriate consents where needed. A lot of them are probably going to have contractual location clauses saying you have to work, you know, at this office or within some, you know, radius, et cetera. 
You've then got your policies and procedures that you might need to uh, look at because you need to be able to work those in the context of how does that apply to somebody who's working from home. For example, the grievance policy might not be the same because their line managers may, may now have changed. If somebody's working at home, you know, you can't just physically go to the, go and make a physical complaint, that kind of thing. So you'd need to look at all of that. You need your own hybrid working policy, of course, which then sets everything out. Um, and the point that you alluded to, yeah, I mean, just that there are potential discrimination issues. You may have, you know, a home worker, their package, you have to be careful that it's no less favorable than perhaps a comparable employee who is working in the office. Maybe people in the office have extra benefits because there might be a subsidized I don't know, cafe, gymnasium, things like that. Does the home worker, uh, can, how do they use it? You know, can they use it? Do they need to be compensated because they can't use it? Um, yeah. So there's, there is a lot involved in terms of just from the straight employment, employment law perspective that would need yeah. to be considered. So it's all about clarity really, isn't it? It's about getting those formal arrangements and agreements in place where, where you possibly Abs- can. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, there people, like organisations like ACAS, um, they've actually been really useful. They've published some guides on hybrid working uh, to help businesses consider if it's appropriate or to how, how you would introduce it into your business. They've got various working from home guides and various useful checklists as well. So, so that's probably a really good place to, to start if an employer is considering having a look. And obviously they've got free resources on there for, um, for, for people Those things to are at. really helpful in terms of getting the communication right as well, because that's where <laughs> real difficulties yes. can emerge if you, if you, if you say the wrong thing. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm not an employment lawyer as such. So for me, I always go to my employment specialist, I have to say when it's anything yeah. like this. So uh, I will, yeah, I uh, understand that from the g- generically, of course. Um, but yeah, this, this kind of thing is quite, um, quite specific. So yeah, you do have to be very, tread very carefully, I think, when you're, uh, when you're making decisions in this regard. And obviously as someone who runs a business themselves as well, of course, Paul, I think you're, you're quite mm-hmm. keen to think and stress things beyond just the legal aspects, aren't you? There's a, there's a broader commercial aspects that need to be considered here oh, as well. Completely, completely. And um, I mean, yeah, as a partner and therefore as I say, business owner on a day-to-day basis i i face the same challenges as all of my clients so as you say from navigating covid to it and appraisals and employment other employment issues and only yesterday i was debating the post covid dress code um so you know <laughs> i feel like i'm quite well placed to be able to sort of empathize with my clients in terms of how how is this all going to work how it's all going to work in yeah. practice and, and- and and how are you finding hybrid working yourself? You know, kind of what are what are almost kind of your experiences and your your tips almost for for a smoother path yeah, through this? Absolutely. I mean, we were we were very lucky as a firm. We had already um, sort of outsourced all of our t- IT into the cloud before COVID. So when COVID hit. We were very lucky in that we were able to pretty seamless, you know, within twenty four hours, have everybody working at home. So. The, the kind of issues that a lot of people probably had in terms of equipment and it, just the actual ability to work at home in terms of your IT facilities, we we were very lucky. So we were able to do that. But that's certainly a consideration for people, you know, when you're thinking about doing that in terms of have they got the, the robustness, you've got, you know, if people's internet connections, correct, okay, that kind of thing. Data security, for example, if people are working from home, you know, have they literally got piles of 
physical papers on their on their desk with confidential client information or are they fortunate in that everything is literally online and they've got a very very robust and secure pass through to their to their IT system so so that's yeah that was kind of a consideration and actually for us we were very we were very lucky in that respect we had all that covered so one thing we didn't have to kind of worry about I suppose but the actual uh, feedback that that we had you know other than the initial kind of getting used to it for a couple of weeks um, people really did start to enjoy it as I say they you know the, the more flexibility um, the amount of people that got family and, and friends that they could then see sort of after work whereas before they couldn't because of the traveling that they may have to do it made a massive difference and then for us we were fortunate enough to still be recruiting and being able to uh, I think recruit and be able to offer people a hybrid yeah. working model makes an absolutely massive difference because you've got such a wider geographical sort of pool of talent you can tap into rather than the traditional, well, if you're sort of more than, I don't know, so many miles from the office, people are less likely to want to travel to you on a daily basis. So, um, you know, it makes you a more attractive employer. And as I say, you've got more, a bigger pool to, to potentially tap into. And actually, one of the things we've noticed, not only for us, but for our clients as well, that now candidates are coming to them and basically saying, we expect, um, <laughs> yeah you know, have that option. Um, because if, if we don't, we'd, we're not as interested perhaps as other employers who might. So you're almost sort of potentially pushing yourself out of the market of, of maybe missing out on some really good people if, you know, you're not kind of moving with the time, Absolutely. so to speak. And, you know, I think it, imp- it improved people's IT skills, no end, because they had, you know, we had to. <laughs> Um, you know, the amount of people who'd never used Zoom, Teams, that kind of thing. You know, and of course, now everybody's using it. We can all, um, find, the, we can all find the mute button now, yeah. yeah. Well, pre- I think it probably took some time, but we all, <laughs> we all got, you know, we, we all got there in the end. And that kind of newer form of collaboration, um, you know, has been, a, I think has been a great thing. You know, you're more able to just very quickly, if you need a decision, you need five people in the room before it may have taken a bit longer to kind of organise that. Now you can go, let's just quickly jump on a call and we've kind of done it. So that I think trying to assemble people in, you know, in, in a place together has been, has been really, has yeah. been really, really useful. And of course the um, reduced overhead costs, um, you know, if you, if you're not, necessarily having everybody in the office all of the time, you may be able to look at, I don't know, reducing office space. I know a number of, of banks that we've dealt with before, I mean, they've closed their office entirely, not even intending to come, you know, to sort of come back to the office, but others are kind of reducing their space or perhaps not having as many floors as they had before. And that kind of thing where, where you know, in order to make it work or people are kind of hot desking, whereas they weren't before. So so that's, you know, that, that's been a really, you know, a big benefit. A number of my clients have, have said that they've been actively, uh, actively looking yeah. to do that. So they, kind of bringing all of this together, Paul, it sounds to me like mm. your key message here is to accept <laughs> that the world has changed and, and there is a need to move on here. And as a result of that, it, it's a case of getting those checks and those balances in and, and, and dealing with things, things properly rather than just burying your head in the sand and pretending that this thing might go away one day. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. But I mean, it's probably useful just to touch on the drawbacks because although I've been very, I personally am very for the kind of hybrid working model because we've had a brilliant experience with it ourselves and and that's been great. But you, you do have to be mindful that there are some drawbacks. So 
you've got the flip side of the kind of well-being and people being flexible and people being happy with the kind of work-life balance. But you may have some employees who actually have found the whole experience quite lonely. Maybe perhaps those who, yeah, uh, you know, maybe they, maybe they live alone, for example, and so they are literally all day every day on 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 their own, and uh, they might find that quite alienating. And you know, they might miss the workplace facility. So, what's a benefit in terms of perhaps not being interrupted by people at the tea point? Potentially, is the other way as well, in that actually people people do actually really value that social interaction as well. So, um, so I think we have to just be, just be mindful of that. And, and I think, especially if you've got people where in their, in their homes, you know, sometimes if you've got reduced living space, because of course you've now taken over one of your, one of your rooms to, to, for a home, you know, home working thing. Um, you just have to be careful that your work and home doesn't end up merging, merging into one. Um, so, and again, for me, that's why the kind of hybrid model I've, I found quite good because it's great when you want to concentrate and you can get things done for all those benefits that I said before, but equally being able to catch up with people in person in, you know, in, in the office does have massive benefits. You know, you're bouncing ideas off each other. Um, you know, you might just want to pop around the corner and have just say to somebody, can I just run this by you, for example? If you're at home, you think, I've just better ring them. I'll just see if they're free. I'll just see if I can Teams them. So on that side of it, it's you maybe perhaps lose some of the sort of dynamic and the, and the culture. So, yeah, so I can, so definitely you can see, you can kind of see both ways. And I think particularly for something like learning and training and development, especially maybe for more junior employees, it's, it is really important that we still have that kind of sort of day-to-day contact with them. I mean, certainly when I learned many years ago as a trainee, you know, you learn so much from basically being sat to the person next to you, listening to them, speaking to clients on the phone, you know, popping into the meetings with them, seeing how how they operated and how it works. And I think for many trainees, obviously having a kind of two-year period in in almost isolation in their in their rooms, they they have missed out on that. And I think that is a, you know, I think that's a shame. So I think we have to be mindful that there are these other things as well that we do have to keep on on yeah. top of and management and oversight, it all kind of all that all, it's all part plays part very of that so. really. Uh, yeah. And I very much like the word mindful that you used there because it's a great way of managing risk when it comes to people in the workplace and it's recognising that everybody's not the same and people will respond to change in different ways. Abs- yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because from my own experience, certain people who you think would have absolutely embraced embraced the change maybe didn't get on quite as well as other people who you thought would really struggle, who suddenly said, oh, I'm absolutely loving this. So you really can't tell either until it, it actually happens, how people can react to different things. So, um, but as you say, I think bringing that kind of all, bringing it all together, yeah. in summary, it is, it is here. It's here to stay. I, I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure about that. And I think depending on your business model, of course, and the needs of your clients, because if you need to, you know, the nature of your business, you're a shop or whatever, that's obviously slightly different, but, um, yeah, depending on the needs of your clients, if you're able to operate your business in a way that can kind of encompass this kind of hybrid way of working, I think, you know, for all the potential drawbacks, you can, there is a positive and I think you could, you could quite easily kind of deal, deal with all of them together and, and have a, you know, a really sort of 
highly motivated, happy workforce, which, you know, is only is only going to benefit you as the as the business. Fantastic. Well, thanks very much, Paula. Um, no problem. Sorry, I feel like I've I've <laughs> sort of thrown a lot of information in one go at you there. <laughs> no, but that's great. It's wonderful to have your thoughts and and also your your insight. Uh, you know, there's a lot of lot of really useful information and balanced information there as well of course which is uh, which is really important nice to know you haven't just come on as a solicitor and told us all precisely what we need to follow or we're in trouble <laughs> no no no, no. <laughs> that's um that's i suppose that's what i was trying to get out at, at the, the beginning really and that clients don't want that particularly you know you just they, they want to know that you're there to support them um you understand because you run a business yourself so you 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 know you can empathize with them in terms of what they're going through you've experienced it and you can help as you say give some sort of useful in, insight rather than just perhaps you know reeling off what the uh, what the employment rights act may say about things yeah no no it's been been really helpful perhaps you'd like to come back on you know another time and and discuss another topic in a similar vein of course more than happy to. Yeah, no, that'd be great. Well, thanks again. And um, I'm looking forward to the next time in that case. <laughs> <laughs> You're very welcome. Nice to speak to you. No, you too, Paula. Thank you very much. And that's all for this episode of the Risk Acumen podcast. If you have any questions or comments around the topic we've been discussing today or any of our other risk-related content, please head to our LinkedIn page. You can find a link at riskacumen.co.uk. Thanks again, Paula, and to everyone else for listening in. And until the next time, goodbye for now.